Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS shipping right to your computer. Whether you're an office sending invoices and a side hustle on Etsy or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life so much easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. And you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup and drop-off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines and easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's literally no risk. And with my promo code POD, P-O-D, you can get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in POD. That's stamps.com, promo code POD, stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. up you guys you are listening to the she's going places podcast i'm your host taylor and welcome back to another wednesday i'm gonna just apologize in advance for my sick nasally voice right now i'm really trying to fight through it um but ultimately i really just wanted to get behind the microphone and record another episode for y'all so we're just gonna have to make do there might be some coughs there might be some heavy breathing Um, I've been doing okay. I've been pretty sick, honestly. That's why I didn't upload an episode last week. It has honestly knocked me out for so, so, so long. Way longer than I ever expected. I have not felt like myself. I've been exhausted. I feel like it's just that time of year when everyone kind of gets whatever bug is going around. And it has taken me out in a large way. But that does not stop me from wanting to put out episodes for y'all. And so I'm really excited about this advice Q&A. I feel like I have not done one of these in a really, really, really long time. And you guys asked some amazing questions that I just, I really want to get these out there for y'all. But really quick, going places and going nowhere moments of the week. Going nowhere moment, very obviously, has just been that I've been very sick. So I really have been going nowhere. I have been spending most of the time in my bed, um, working, doing my homework, watching TV, trying to rest and make myself feel better. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time in my apartment. I have not been going that many places, um, not trying to get other people sick, genuinely trying to get myself to feel better before this Thanksgiving holiday. Um, but my going places moment of the week would probably be that I am feeling a little bit better today. Today is the first day that I woke up and was not dying. And so that is just a huge positive. You guys know whenever you get sick that first morning when you're like, okay, I am getting better because I finally got some medicine. But also just going places is that you guys can just cross your fingers for me. This episode's going live on Wednesday. On Thursday, my senior thesis is due. And once that's turned in, it's just a first draft, but I will feel like a new woman that day. And so I'm just like, that's my, I'm I'm arriving there. I'm not there yet, but that will be my going places moment, just that relief. And then from there, I'm going to have my sorority formal and Hunter's coming in town, and then it's Thanksgiving break. So we have a lot to look forward to. I have a lot that I need to get better for, and so 
definitely be praying and crossing your fingers for that. I've really missed you guys. I'm so happy that you're listening to She's Going Places and that I'm a part of your week. If you're new here, once again, I'm Taylor. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't yet, make sure you go down below, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, follow us on Instagram, and let's hop into this week's episode. So for this advice Q&A, I've compiled a couple questions and they are honestly, they're pretty good ones and there's some topics that we haven't really gotten to cover yet on She's Going Places, so I'm pretty excited. Most of them are just like more vague questions, but I have a couple um, larger submissions, so let's hop right in. The first one is, how do I stop myself from crushing on someone who is already taken? I thought this would be a fun first one because... I think we all have at some point in our lives had the experience where we see someone that we might like or that we're kind of interested in and maybe you get interested in them before they get into a relationship and they just so unfortunately happen to get into one later and you miss your shot or maybe you meet someone, don't realize they're in a relationship or maybe you just meet someone and you know they're in a relationship but you are just completely crushing. I don't think... In terms of stopping yourself, I think a crush genuinely is harmless. So I don't think that you're doing anything wrong by having a crush on this person. Because, I mean, this might not be the advice you're coming for. But, like, relationships don't last forever. Especially in, like, high school, college. Like, things are so... Things just change so frequently. And so, especially when you're younger, you don't really plan on people being in relationships for super long. So I don't think you need to, like, kill yourself to, like, get over this person, but if you're wanting to stop crushing on somebody, if that is your want, um, I think, honestly, you just replace that with, like, new thoughts, and by that, I mean, obviously, you're gonna keep having a crush on someone if they're, like, constantly in your face, if you're constantly in communication, if you're constantly seeing them, and so we can do a couple things, and I guess this advice really goes for, like, whether you're crushing on someone that you don't want to, whether you're, like, there's someone in your life that, um, isn't super good for you to like have around if you're I don't know if there's like just someone that you kind of need to like edit from your life a little bit these are just some ways that you can maybe move this person over from the forefront of your mind and so first one would be to mute them on social media and I know that seems really harsh but it's not unfollowing them and they will literally have no idea that you have muted them but by muting them you're not seeing their stories, you're not seeing their posts, and that way they're not at the forefront of mind. The biggest example I can think of are like people that I'm like kind of friends with but maybe don't make my social media experience the healthiest or puts me in a bad place and so I will mute them. I really have not had to do this anytime lately. This is just speaking from experience. I would mute them so that way like I'm just not even thinking about them. It, it just doesn't come up. So that's like one avenue that you can take to kind of just like remove that constant reminder and that can go that's really just like an Instagram specific thing. If we're talking about like Snapchat or something and you're talking to this person or just in general talking to this person actively, but you're wanting to start distancing yourself, you can just kind of be slower to respond, wait to respond, um, don't be so eager to respond in a way that you're kind of just starting to slow down the process of how much you guys are talking if you need to distance yourself from them. And then in general, in the specific instance when you're saying that you have a crush on someone that you don't want to have a crush on anymore, I think A, 
look at your other options and entertain those. I think you can put like your brain space, like whenever you find that you're like thinking of them, I think it's like healthy to maybe sit down and like journal about it once or twice or like it's good to really like talk through how you're feeling with like a friend. But then after that, like anytime that you think of them, like replace it with a different thought. Like, I don't know, you just really don't need to be dwelling on this person and the more that you are like oh my gosh I shouldn't be thinking about this person it's just going to make you think about them more and so I think if you're wanting to stop having a crush on this person it's just creating space and creating distance okay the next one is how to be more positive when you're embarrassed to admit that you're kind of negative I thought this was so interesting because I've just never seen someone ask a question like this or even phrase it but I think it's honestly a real thing for us all to sit down and admit that we all have negative days and there's normal and it's okay to get into like a negative headspace. But if you're trying to be more positive in general and you're embarrassed to admit that you're kind of negative, A, I just want to affirm you and say, it's okay if you're a little bit negative. Everyone has like negative tendencies. But if you're saying that you're like constantly negative or you have a really bad like or negative outlook on life, I think I wouldn't say that you're a negative person. It's just you're having negative thoughts and you are in full control of your thoughts. You can take captive of your thoughts and you can choose to have a positive outlook on life. Like you're not plagued by negativity. Obviously something has happened or like thoughts have crept in or you've gotten yourself into kind of a rut of negativity, but you don't have to stay there. And so in terms of being more positive, I think the first thing is great for you to acknowledge that maybe you're not naturally the most positive person. But something that happens with something that works really well with me when I'm in a negative headspace and I'm trying to be more positive is to think about like the silver linings or the good parts of a situation. And so let's say, for example, you're feeling really negative about a class that you're in because you're not doing super well and you don't have any friends in there and you feel like the teacher doesn't grade you fair or you can think of a hundred reasons to be negative. Well, try and find something that you can look at positively. Like, for example, this might sound hokey, but it's like, I get to learn in this new class. That's a positive. Um, if you're in college, it's I'm paying to be here and to learn something or that like I'm getting to learn about this new topic. Or if maybe the negative situation is that you are in a new friend group or you're having a little bit of a friend falling out with like someone in a group but you're trying to get closer with other people the positive would be like I have the opportunity to seek out new relationships oh another negative example would maybe you had a falling out with a friend and you could sit there in your room and think about all the ways this negatively impacts your life and that it's so devastating and it's all her fault and it's so hard but looking at a positive would be clearly this person is not supposed to be like a long-term close friend of yours it was better for you to find out sooner that's a positive than finding out later and being even closer and now you have the opportunity to go out and meet new people and find someone that you are meant to be close with and someone that you will be on the same page with and someone that will want to be your friend 100 percent i think oftentimes it's really it's not that a certain situation is necessarily 100% bad or a negative situation or a certain outcome is 100% positive or a good situation. It's mostly about the emotions that we attach to it and the thought process that we put behind it that make an experience a positive or negative one. And 
for someone who's saying that they're kind of negative, you can probably think of some people in your life that are really positive people. I definitely wouldn't consider myself a negative person, but I definitely know people who are um, much more positive people than me. And so sometimes I try and really look at like the ways that they implement positivity in their lives on a daily basis. And that could look like being really excited and happy about the little things. That could look like choosing to put a smile on your face even if you don't feel like it. That could be you literally forcing yourself to be positive because eventually by going on day and day and day and trying to find these positive nuggets, like naturally it's going to make you a more positive person. And I know for me, if I'm ever in situations where it's like kind of a stinky situation or it's like really upsetting, I can speak from personal experience that I just kind of had something happen where it was definitely a big bummer and it was a disappointment and anyone would agree with me that I could call it a negative experience. But I can now choose to make it a positive experience because I now have the opportunity to do something new, to make new choices, to find a new opportunity, and that's really exciting. And so I think if you're trying to be more positive, it really comes from a mindset perspective. Next question. How to get over feelings for a boy and still stay friends? Is that even possible? This one's tricky. I don't know if the two can necessarily go hand in hand. You can definitely get over like your feelings for a boy. It's it's pretty easy because at the end of the day, when you're able to look at these boy situations, and I can say it's easy from a looking back perspective, but in times when I've had feelings for a boy and I've wanted to get over him, it was very difficult because I would just let myself get super caught up in every little detail or every little word and thought and I honestly struggle with the the need to always be right and so if there was something that maybe he did that like I deserved better I wanted to have the final word in the situation or if I felt like there was maybe a chance that it would work out I would stick around but once you realize and you're able to look back like I am now when it comes to getting over a boy And I know you've probably heard this a hundred times, but I can really confidently say it now. It's just like, it really is just not the fit for that time. And that's impossible to tell yourself in the situation. And so I hope that you're able to like, just hear me when I say it might not be super easy and it might not happen right away. It might not feel natural. Um, It might be hard because... Clearly, if you're trying to get over your feelings for a boy, I'm assuming he maybe insinuated that y'all were going to be friends. And so you're saying, okay, I want to get over my feelings and still be friends with him. I think you can definitely stay friends with him. I think if, once again, like I was saying earlier about the crushing, if you stay in close proximity to him, I don't really think your feelings are going to go away. And so I think maybe you guys, for your sake, you might need to give yourself some space to get over your feelings because if you go from one day having crazy feelings with this guy and then he's like we just need to be friends you're not instantly just viewing him as a friend the next day like it's not like a switch it doesn't just turn on again and off and so I think you could eventually do both of these things but I don't think that they happen instantly and I think that there does need to be a level of space in between And it doesn't even need to be this big, drawn-out thing where you're like, hey, I have feelings for you, and so I really do want to be your friend, but I'm going to need space in the meantime to get over it. If you're confident in saying that, I think that that's very efficient. 
and I think you will get your point across, but I know that sounds horrifying, and so I don't think it needs to be this big conversation that you need space. I think for your sake, and so that you can be selfish, and so that you can do what's best for you in this situation, I do think it will be best to pull back a little bit. Sometimes boys won't even realize that you're pulling back a little bit, but for you and like your own like emotional well-being, I know for me, when I would have crushes on boys, I would get really like attached to the idea of us being together rather than necessarily the person and so that took a lot of work on my end from a behind the scenes perspective there was never necessarily like a reason where I, I was never put in a position where I was like okay this boy came to me and was like we just need to stay friends and so a lot of my getting over a boy was like for my own good um and, like, me wanting to move on, or there was just someone new that came along that just, like, took my attention away from him, which that's also a great solution. But in order for you to actually be friends with him, like, you can't, you just can't like him, you know? And that's, like, a really hard idea to come to terms with, and eventually you will move on. Like, he, you are not going to pine over this boy forever, and there will come a day where you guys are able to be completely platonically friends, casually because there's going to be someone else it's not always going to be him but what I do think you need to do is ask yourself are you trying to be friends because he wants to be friends and you're just trying to get over it so that you guys can stay in each other's lives or are you wanting to just get over him to be friends because you actually are just looking for a friendship because if you're going into this thinking I'm going to get over him so that we can stay friends but in the back of your mind you're still thinking well maybe we'll be together you guys can't be friends you know what I mean? And I feel like that's just going to lead you down an area where, like, your heart's going to either, like, get a little broken. Um, you're kind of putting yourself out there in a situation where if he is communicating that he just wants to be friends, he is communicating. And as long as it, it's okay if you stay in the situation, if you're acknowledging that you still have a crush on him and you're just going to kind of wait until he comes around, you just need to be aware of why you're doing what you're doing if that makes sense. Like, as long as you just need to, like, do a good little audit of yourself and of your heart posture in the situation and make sure that you want to get over your feelings and that you want to stay friends. And then if you're on the same page, then it is possible. Okay, next question. How do I have a good relationship with my sibling? I've never talked about sibling relationships on the podcast before and I would love to do an episode with my brother um over Christmas break I'm, I'm not gonna even ask if that's something you guys want because I'm definitely gonna do it because I think it's really important and it's definitely a relationship that people don't talk about as much like everyone always wants to talk about the dating relationships the friendships the parent relationships but siblings siblings are a really interesting relationship and if you have siblings you fully understand what I'm saying where for me, I don't know life without my brother. He's my older brother, and he's always been around for the entirety of my life. And basically, he doesn't remember, like, the year he was alive before I was born. So I've basically always been in his life. And we have grown up together. We have been around each other. We know everything about each other. And we've had seasons where we were impossibly close. He was one of my best friends. And we've had seasons where we didn't talk, and we were very distant. And we were not close. And the the changing of the relationship is normal. There's lots of factors. There's different age gaps. There's big experiences. There's hardships. Like, family relationships are hard and they're a lot of work. So I'm saying this to say I've been on, me and my brother have been through every spectrum of a sibling relationship. 
But I would say that now and overall, Dylan and I have had a very good relationship. And I think, number one, that has just stemmed from our parents setting the tone for what they wanted our relationship to be. And our relationship has genuinely always come from a loving place. Like, we never had problems with, like, not wanting the best for each other, if that makes sense. Like, he was never, like, a mean big brother. He would never, like, hurt me. Like, not in a bad way. You know what I mean? But, like, sometimes, you know, when you're kids, it gets a little rough. Like, he was, he's always been the sweetest brother. We would just have some obvious fights, disagreements, things of that nature. But I think just the intention behind our relationship, and, like, even now, with us being in college, do we talk every single day? No. Do we talk as much as I think that, like, I would love for us to talk? Absolutely not. But I know that there is not hardly anything he could ask of me that I wouldn't do, and vice versa. Like, I know that if I need him, he will be there. If I need to call him, he will answer. If it's an emergency, and, like, he knows that of me, And so, and we know that we love each other so much. And so, no, on the day-to-day basis, do we have a perfect sibling relationship? No. I don't think any one sibling relationship is perfect. But I think if you're wanting a good sibling, a good relationship with your sibling, you need to be a good sibling first. I think we always forget that and it's easy for us to be like, well, he's not putting in any effort or he's so awful. It's like, well, what are you doing to serve your sibling and to love your sibling well? How are you meeting their needs? How are you showing them that you love them? And until you're being an amazing sibling, you can't really be poking at the other sibling and blaming them for you guys to not be close, right? You need to be putting in just as much effort as you're expecting from your sibling. Um, And so that's why, like, there's times where maybe we don't talk as frequently, but we're both so busy right now, we understand, and then when we're able to be in person, it's, we pick right back up, you know? And so I think if you want to have a good relationship with your sibling, you guys need to get on the same page. I think you guys need to be really honest with each other. You two are the only people who share the experience of being your parents' kids, and that is something that for the me and Dylan, it is only the two of us on this earth that know what it's like to be Cordy children, and so that's a special bond that we have. He's the person who's known me in every stage of my life, and he's loved me through it all. Like, I love Hunter, but he wasn't there when I was in diapers, and he wasn't there when I was dealing with being, like, middle school bullies, and he wasn't, like, there's certain, like, intimacies of, like, living in the same house your entire life that, like, only you guys can have, and so I think, like, acknowledge that it's supposed to be a really sweet, loving relationship, and accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect, because families are messy, but you need to initiate this good relationship by being a good sibling, and then that's going to start a foundational that's going to start a foundation for good and healthy relationship with your sibling. Because then once you're serving and loving your sibling in that way, naturally it's going to be a reaction for that to be vice versa. And then if that's not the case, that's when you are able to like go and have conversations about it. I hope that that's helpful. I'm sure Dylan and I will be able to like dive into like more specifics about sibling relationships and I'll have you guys ask questions and all of that. That's exciting. 
Okay, next question. How to deal with the feeling that the whole world is moving on without you? There are times that I feel stuck, either in a place or time. And while I'm stuck, it feels like my family and friends are able to continue with their lives like normal. And all I can do is sit and watch. I'm really sorry. That's really, really hard. I think I hadn't had an experience like this until I had some recent mental health struggles. Um where I agree this I this feeling of being stuck when maybe everything else is like going right for your friends and family or like I I've been kind of stuck in a place where like you guys know I hate that I always have to say it but it's like my whole life's about to change and a lot of my college friends aren't graduating till May so they don't feel that quite as drastically as me and they don't experience the same current stress that I experience and so I've definitely felt stuck in that way where I feel like I'm having a really independent experience that I can't necessarily go to anyone else. I mean honestly I don't have anyone in my life that is graduating in December and getting married right after and moving halfway across the country. Like no one is having this identical experience that I'm aware of and so there's been a lot of like grown up realizations that I've had to come to and don't get me wrong I have an amazing support system my parents are always there for me Hunter's there for me my brother's there for me my friends are there for me but not one of those people knows what it's like to be me experiencing all of these things and so I have been feeling a little bit stuck in this like wrestle between wanting to be really excited for this next season, but also be properly sad about this last chapter closing. And and I do feel like the whole world just maybe keeps moving. And then on the day-to-day when maybe I've been sick or I've been stuck in my room and I'm just there with my thoughts, I'm like, holy cow, how is this all happening? And so I can relate to you on this a little bit. But what I would also say is that in your experience that you feel like the whole world is moving on without you, would that be in an experience of maybe you're have like feeling a little bit depressed and you're feeling really isolated or you're feeling really lonely and you feel like no one's noticing? Or maybe you're having a really hard time with your friends, having a really hard time in school, and like somehow like it hasn't caught in the eye of the people that it should. That can also be a really isolating feeling where you feel stuck where it's like how can you not see that I'm struggling so much or how can you not see that this is hurting me as bad as it is and to that I say I have pride and oftentimes when I feel this way I will just let it fester and I will just sit on it and I will just like I'll just sit in the frustration but sitting in the frustration and being right isn't gonna make you feel better and it isn't going to help your relationships and so what I would recommend that you do for whatever reason that you feel stuck is I think you really do need to share this with these family and friends close ones not everybody pick a few pick one at least and tell them how you feel tell them that this has been a hard season for you tell them that it feels like that their lives are normal and that you're just stuck and you feel like you're just watching and you feel like you're not really living like Oftentimes, A, these small conversations are actually going to be really healthy and help you move on and help you grow and help you become closer. I saw this TikTok, actually. I haven't made that comment in a long time. I saw this TikTok where it was explaining that it's conflict that makes you 
develop closer relationships. And someone on there was like, oh my gosh, not me literally avoiding confrontation my entire life and wondering why I don't get super close to people. It's these conflicts and working through things and showing that you're willing to put the effort in these relationships that makes you grow closer with people. And so I would encourage you to have some hard conversations with the family and friends around you being like, hey, can you see how I'm struggling? Or even if that's not what you mean by this question, maybe you just need help. Going to them and saying, I need help. I don't know what to do. I feel stuck. I feel like I'm just watching life happen and it feels like you're doing great and I'm just not. And they know you obviously much better than I do and they know this situation better than I can talk to. And it will probably be not as big of a deal as it feels. They'll probably have some answers for you. They might have some apologies for you, but it's honestly just going to help your relationships and help you live a more prosperous, healthy, happy life to have these conversations and to make the people around you in your community aware of how you're feeling. Okay, next question. Wow, I am getting nasally. How to handle rejection from a boy. I sent him a text a while ago and he has read it but did not reply. Listen, you do not need to be waiting around for boys that don't text you back, period. So if this is a boy and you texted him and he read it and he didn't reply, his loss, it all you did was send a text. You did nothing weird. You did nothing wrong. Honestly, I'm not trying to minimize how you feel, but I think if you phrase it as a as rejection, then this is a negative experience. When this is not rejection, this is simply someone not responding to a text message, which great, now you know that this is not a person that maybe you're going to like continue having a relationship with, or this is not the person that like maybe you have a crush on, or whatever that looks like. But it's not rejection. It's just an answer of like, okay, I feel this way about the situation. He probably feels differently. That's okay. I'm not being rejected. I have not put myself out there like crazy. This is not embarrassing at all. It's honestly embarrassing for him because if it was like a nice text saying you want to hang out with him, that's embarrassing for him to not respond and you wouldn't want to be with someone or a guy who can look at a text like that, maybe you were like asking him out or something, and then just be rude enough to not even like respond. That's just a lack of confidence on his part and a lack of decency, so that's a no-go. Now, if this was just a text of you being like, hey, how are you, and they didn't respond, that's rude. But here's the thing, is that I'm a bad texter, so it would be wrong of me to sit here and just cast judgment on this boy. Is it inconvenient that he's like the boy you like, and so you're reading into every single thing that he does? Yes. But sometimes I just genuinely do miss text messages, but when it was came to me talking to boys I was interested in, I didn't miss text messages, if that makes sense. So it's like if he wanted to text you back and he was like interested by your text, he wouldn't miss it. You know what I mean? And so that's not a rejection. That's just now you know that maybe you're not, oh my gosh, I wish someone would have told me this. I'm like kind of laughing about this because I would sit there with these boys and I would come up with all of these reasons for why they weren't texting me back or waiting to respond or people will like check like their Snapchat store to see if it's going up and if they're ignoring you or they're not trying to talk to you, whatever it might be. 
but I wish I just had the peace that I had now, which granted I wouldn't have it if I hadn't had gone through it, but I wish I just would have been like, if he wanted to text me back and if he was interested, he would text me back. Like, and that since he's not texting me back, that's okay. He's not rejecting me. He's not saying that he doesn't like me as a person. It's not a bad reflection to me, but like, that's probably a good indicator that he's not interested or I'm not top of mind and that's okay. It's not life altering, but it's like a good sign to be like, okay, great. I'm not going to put all my eggs in this basket. Like I'm not going to like put my worth into this because I would get so interested and so ingrained in these like talking relationships and I would just come up with, and don't get me wrong, some of these boys play games and you haven't given me an indicator that that's what this is, but it's my experience games. And so that played into the crazy level of where my head went. But in this case, I don't think you're being rejected. I think it's rude for him to not respond to a text. He might have missed it. Either way, it's a good sign for you. Don't write him off and like think he's a horrible person. He missed a text message, but which he didn't miss it. He read it. He didn't respond. So that's just not nice, but that doesn't make him less of a person. You guys can still be friends, but I just probably wouldn't keep entertaining the idea of you guys being together in your head. Like, you've sent a text. He didn't answer. He can text you if he wants to talk to you. You know what I mean? But, like, you don't need to be sitting around the phone waiting for a boy to respond and checking to see if he's read a message. Like, your worth is more than that, and you deserve more than that, and you deserve a boy that's going to text you back right away, you know? So we're just not going to wait around for boys to answer our text messages. Okay, last one. Hi, so my boyfriend and I have been dating for nine months now. He's 19 and so am I. He knows I'm waiting till marriage and I know that he didn't. I'm okay with this, but it makes me feel insecure even though he's very respectful about my decision and he respects me enough to not put me in a situation where I'd fall into temptation. Like I said, he's 100% okay with waiting for me and I'm not insecure about that. I'm just insecure of the thought of people that he's been intimate with and that's multiple people. I know that's all in the past, but it just scares me because I have no idea what to even ask him or what I should feel. I know that he did those things in the past and he didn't know me, so there's nothing wrong with it, but it just keeps me up at night thinking and thinking. I know it's not good to dwell over the past, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. It's also so scary to think that those soul ties that he created with all those girls, I don't want that to affect me too. We are both Christians and want to work towards a relationship with God in the middle of us. Any tips? I love she's going places. Okay. This is a long write-in, and I think that this is so important to talk about. And you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast a long time, I've kind of talked about waiting for marriage and me personally not having sex until I get married. Um, one day I'll maybe do a whole episode on it, but I thought this would be really interesting to talk about because, um, A, thank you so much for writing in because I do think this will help a lot of girls, but B... I think that, A, you're completely justified in feeling uncomfortable. This would make me feel uncomfortable. I mean, oftentimes girl feel, girls feel uncomfortable if, like, their boyfriend has, like, ever, like, kissed another person, okay? And so you have every right that if your bo boyfriend has had sex with other girls for it to make you feel uncomfortable, especially because you are waiting till marriage. What I will say as a blanket statement, in terms of waiting till marriage... It's really difficult when you're both not on the same page about what you want for yourselves. 
there's a difference between you waiting for marriage and he's waiting for marriage. And therefore, when you're in a relationship, you're both waiting for marriage for yourselves and for each other. This situation is you're waiting for marriage and he is agreeing to not have sex with you because you don't want to have sex because you're waiting for marriage. That's different because if you, and you're saying that he's very respectful of your choices and doesn't want to put you in situations. And so do I think that this situation, you guys can have a healthy relationship? Absolutely. I just think that it is going to be difficult because the day is going to come where maybe you're thinking about, listen, if whether you've been in a relationship or not, I know for me before I was ever in a relationship or when I was younger and I was like said I was waiting for marriage, I just like didn't understand like what was the big deal. Um, I do now understand that what is the big deal. It's very difficult and there's going to be a moment and there's going to be a day where you guys are alone and you're hanging out and you're making out and you're doing whatever the heck is that you're doing and you might think in the back of your head, if he asked me to have sex right now, I wouldn't say no. You know what I mean? If it just happened, situations get a little hazy. You know, that's just all we have to say. You, for your sake, would want to know that even if you said, okay, let's let's do this, for him to instantly be like, no, we're not doing that. But because you guys are not on the same page in that scenario, this is going to be more difficult and it's hard because then this ultimate responsibility that you want to wait for marriage falls on you. And that's like a heavy burden to carry and it's very difficult and you can totally do it. And I'm proud of you for wanting this. I think, I mean, it's a choice that I've made and so it's very honorable of you. I just think that you need to be careful and you do probably need to have a hard conversation with him about like like where you guys are at and really explaining to him why you want to wait for marriage and explain why it's important to you and so that you guys can maybe get more on the same page. But in terms of you asking um, that it like makes you uncomfortable and it's like scary to dwell on the past, I think you guys do need to have a sit down conversation where you guys talk about this very openly. You explain to him that it makes you feel insecure. You explain to him that it makes you feel uncomfortable. Granted, you cannot, like, a relationship is not going to work and it's not going to function if you're constantly, like, bringing this up and, like, telling him that you don't trust him because he's done this. At some point, like, you guys are going to have this big conversation where you tell him that you're scared, you tell them that you're insecure, and you tell him that it makes you uncomfortable where he can acknowledge and assure you that you have nothing to be insecure about, that he loves you and that you guys are together now and all those things. Like, have the big conversation, but then after you have this big conversation, you're going to have to trust the fact that, like, he's with you now and just because he's had sex with other people, that's not, like, a defining characteristic of his character or who he is and how he is in a relationship. And that would go vice versa of, like, whether this was a boy and his girlfriend had had sex with other people. It's definitely very normal for you to feel uncomfortable or insecure in this situation, but there comes a point where you guys will need to move on from this, but the reason why you're not able to move on from this and probably why this is still making you uncomfortable is that you guys are not on the same page about waiting because if, and you just need to ask yourself and ask him, if you decided that you're okay with having sex, would you guys have sex? Like, would he, knowing that that's something that you didn't want to do, would it happen? I think 
in terms of soul ties and being stressed about those things, the past is in the past. Like, it has happened and you can't change it. With you guys both being Christians, um, I think that's an interesting aspect to this. If you're both being Christians and you guys are wanting to have God at the middle of your relationship, you guys need to be seriously praying about this. You need to surrender the situation to the Lord. You need to journal about it. You need to pray about it. You need to read your Bible. You both need to be doing this. You both need to be praying for each other. You both need to be putting in the work to put Christ at the center of your relationship. And I think a lot of these issues and insecurities and concerns will resolve themselves once you guys both start a pursuing Christ for yourself at the forefront of your being at the top of your priorities of just who you are as a person and be praying for the physicality in your relationship and be praying like surrender this insecurity and surrender this level of uncomfortableness and surrender the fear about the soul ties and all this to Christ and at the end of the day all things are redeemable through Christ I know so many people who have had sex before and are now in God glorifying relationships where they are waiting for marriage. I know plenty of people who have had sex with other people and are now in God glorifying marriages. Like this is not like an end all be all of your relationship. Like him having sex with other people has now not has not ruined your relationship forever. I just think that there needs to be a level of like a a heart shift, I think. Um for your boyfriend and, and acknowledging and like encouraging you and um honoring you from here on and you need to get into a place where you feel comfortable enough to trust him and you guys need to get in a good place by surrendering it to Christ to ultimately have a God honoring relationship. And so I think that's really the stem of all of it is like you both need to be on the same page about your relationship with Christ and the physicality and everything else should follow. I know it's really hard though and thank you so much for writing in because I feel like none of this ever really gets talked about enough. It can be really scary and just for even for anyone who's listening who's maybe not a Christian just the idea that like maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend have been intimate with other people um and that can be like things other than sex. I mean we don't need to get into a debate about what is sex but like just any level of like physical, emotional, spiritual intimacy in another relationship that does breed insecurity. So just for everyone, it's really good for you guys to just like have really good and clear communication about how you're feeling and when insecurity comes up. Because if you don't talk about it, then just festers and it will just blow up into something it doesn't need to be. Thank you guys, as always, for writing in and making these episodes what they are. I absolutely love recording advice Q&As. They're literally some of my favorite episodes where I just get to hear from y'all and hear what you guys want to know. If there's ever an episode topic um, that you want me to talk about, please feel free to email um, the She's Going Places email or DM me on Instagram. And if you ever have like a long write-in, just send it to the email now and it will eventually get included in an episode. Um... It's just, just start sending them in and I kind of collect them. And then once I have enough submissions, that's when I do these episodes. So please, please, please write in. It's what makes these episodes awesome and what makes them great for y'all. I hope you guys have an amazing week. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and get ready for Thanksgiving time with your family. Um, Remember, pray for me tomorrow, done for my senior thesis. And I love you guys. Let's go places together.